Hello, everyone. This is David Douthit. And this is Molly Douthit. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today we are covering Math Smart and Body Smart for the lectionary selections for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Naaman is healed of leprosy in two kings, which prompts him to lavish acts of praise. Psalm 111 is a song of praise that Naaman might have sung if he knew it. Paul continues to encourage Timothy, and Jesus heals ten lepers in Luke, but only one of them returns to give thanks. Do you suppose his ancestor was Naaman? We hope you'll give thanks for this week's illustrations and special effects. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings for the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then, we encourage you to try it for yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of More Than Hearing. We are looking at Ordinary 28 today, and we are looking at two particular intelligences, Body Smart and Math Smart. I'll be looking at Body Smart. And from an article written by Kendra Cherry at VeryWellMind.com, talks about the intelligences and says that Body Smart has the strengths of physical movement and motor control. Those who have high bodily kinesthetic intelligence are said to be good at body movement, performing actions, and physical control. People who are strong in this area tend to have excellent hand-eye coordination and dexterity. Characteristics of this intelligence includes good at dancing, good at sports, uh, enjoys creating things with their hands, excellent physical coordination, and tends to remember by doing rather than hearing or seeing. And if you're strong in bodily kinesthetic intelligence, good career choices would be dancer, builder, sculptor, actor. Body smart people in worship are those who need to get up and move around. Include them as storytellers, presenters, actors, dancers, and maybe even your ushers. Give them a chance to stand up, kneel, or wave their hands in the air. Wave them like they just don't care. (laughs) Well, I'm looking at Math Smart this week, and that is also called Logical Mathematical Intelligence. And uh, also going from Kendra Cherry's article at Very Well Mind, she says that the strengths of logical mathematical intelligence include analyzing problems and mathematical operations. People who are strong in this intelligence are good at reasoning, recognizing patterns, and logically analyzing problems. These individuals tend to think conceptually about numbers, relationships, and patterns. 
Characteristics of logical mathematical intelligence include excellent problem-solving skills, enjoying thinking about abstract ideas, they like conducting scientific experiments, and they're good at solving complex computations. If you're strong in logical mathematical intelligence, good career choices might be scientist, mathematician, computer programmer, engineer, or accountant. In church, logical mathematical folks might serve on your operations or finance team, and in worship, they'll appreciate the logical arguments in a sermon to get their attention, or, you know, if you happen to put up some charts and graphs. You can always take a look at the other intelligences at our website, morethanhearing.org, and look for the link for Dr. Gardner's work, and uh, you can also look at our episode from three years ago, and we'll have a link for that in the show notes. But now, on with this week's texts. The complimentary Old Testament lesson for Year C Ordinary 28 is from 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, the lectionary committee has selected verses 1 through 3, jump to verse 7 to verse 15C. I'm not sure how uh, that works. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, on our worksheets, I went ahead and just did the whole story. Uh, so if you go to our go to the website and you download the worksheet and you look at the Second uh, Kings passage, you'll see a section where it's in uh, italics and lighter gray text color, which kind of helps because it gives you an idea of what the whole story is, which is uh, Naaman, a commander of the army of the king of Aram, uh, who is uh, suffering from leprosy. And he, um, uh, uh, well, it actually doesn't say whether or not he tried anything like the woman with a hemorrhage, but obviously he probably didn't want to have leprosy. <laughs> and so they, a, uh, a servant girl that had been taken from uh, the land of Israel, um, who served Naaman's wife, said, oh, I know of this guy. And if you were only there in Samaria with this prophet, he would cure you. And so uh, there's some uh, political, social, um, military kind of maneuvering that happens with letters that go to kings and things like that. And the king of Israel, when he gets looped into this whole thing, is not happy. So, ah, why me? Why, why am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Uh, and so he thinks that this is a setup. And uh, Elisha... Uh, he hears about this and he says, send him. So I got this. I got this. I got this. So Naaman shows up with all of the people and all of his horses expecting this to be a big production. And Alicia doesn't even come out of the house and says, go wash, go wash in the Jordan. And Naaman is upset. The Jordan, this little muddy trickle. I have What? And so, you know, that that war that everybody was worried was going to happen because of this is likely to happen because this guy's not happy. But his people, thank the Lord for his people, say, dude, if he had told you to go. <laughs> it says that in the Hebrew. It, it totally does. Yeah. Dude, if, if, if he had told you to, like, go fight a battle or, or move a mountain or do some mighty deed, you'd go do it, right? So what's wrong with this? Kai, don't be like that. 
And so he does. He goes and he washes and he's cured and he's, oh, comes and stands before Elisha, he and all of his company, and says, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Ta-da. Ta-da. So, well, a couple of questions that, that kind of got me to uh, g- get my head into body smart here is, why do you suppose Naaman thought that the healing needed to be big and dramatic? And I was reading an article uh, at the Christian Century written by Debbie Thomas, and this is an excerpt from what she wrote. She says, but no, that's not how or where the sacred generally reveals itself. Take off your armor, God says. Yes, all of it. Yes, even though people are watching. Now step into that muddy water. Yep, it smells. Yeah, you'll have to stoop down. That's it. Step on in there all the way in. Now wash. Good. Now wash again. Now wash again and again and again and again and again. So maybe Naaman is a little humiliated by this suggestion from the prophet. You want me to do this easy thing in front of everyone? So think of his response as the response that we often have, and we're told to strip off our clothes and put on the paper robes at the doctor's office. Mm. It's so simple. Yet people's hearts start beating and their palms start sweating. This requires a great deal of trust that we'll get that paper robe on before someone knocks to come back in, that the paper will be adequate coverage, that we won't be exposed, on and on and on, whatever your fear is. So Naaman thinking there needed to be a big production is like people who think they need a lot of equipment and gear to get healthy. You don't need thousands of dollars in workout clothes or an expensive gym membership to get healthy. You just go for a walk around the neighborhood after dinner or stop snacking or snack on fruits and veggies or give up an unhealthy habit. It's easy. It's a little easy, insignificant thing that can make all the difference. Hmm. It's really kind of an issue of trust. So have your people think about times when just one simple, easy behavioral change changed everything and and how uh, how reluctant they may have been to do it. It's kind of a self-smart sort of thing, but it involves um, behaviors and behaviors expressed physically that change one's physical health. So oh, oh, um, yeah, as a as a visual, uh, as a special effect as you're talking about this and about Naaman um, bathing in the muddy Jordan, you know, bring in a little rubber ducky, or one of those bath scrubby thingamajiggies, just kind of, you know, anchor the idea that this is, this is a bath that he had to take. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm doing math smart, as we said, and so uh, the nerdiness of the week hit this week uh, on this one. There's a lot of emoting going on in this passage, and the, the king of Israel freaks out at the letter he, he receives, and Naaman uh, rage quits his chance <laughs> for a cure. So uh, as a nerd, this put me in mind of Star Trek, the original series. The king of Israel would be Dr. McCoy in reverse. I'm a king, not a doctor. <laughs> right? McCoy, of course, known for saying, I'm a doctor, not a what have you. And so uh, I've got a link to a, a, an article that gives you a list of all the things that he was not. I'm a doctor, not. Um, Naaman might be Captain Kirk 
Kirk wasn't known for rage, actually, or rage quits, but uh, definitely a, intense. A, yeah, a passionate frustration often with the constraints of the orders of Starfleet, for example. Um, and Naaman's servants, Naaman's servants uh, in verse 13 would be Mr. Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing the voice of logic to the table. Mm-hmm. Logic would dictate. Yes. Right. That's that's kind of the Spock thing. So um, uh, I've got a couple of articles there uh, linked that give you an idea of who Spock is, if for some reason you don't know. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, then the, the argument that the servants bring in verse 13 is something that we've mentioned a number of times in previous episodes, a fortiori arguments or an argument from the, from strength. And, um, uh, a fortiori arguments can come either as a lesser to greater type or a greater to lesser type. And this is greater to lesser here. What that, what it means is that you make the case that, um, a, a more extreme situation kind of sets the bar and your situation is is below, well below that. It's within yeah. that bar, mm-hmm. right? So I've got a couple articles linked here also for that where you can get a sense of what these are. And uh, they offer some examples that you can uh, use for, uh, for your own illustrations here. But uh, yeah, it's basically if like mathematically, if you can prove that two is less than 10, then clearly one is less than 10. Or if, uh, you know, the other way would be if two is less than 10, then two is also less than 20. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are the two different ways that a fortiori can work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this one they're establishing, you would do some great thing, so mm-hmm. do a little thing. Mm-hmm. So There's kind of some people smart in that as well. Um, yeah, they, they in, know how to get... Right. They know which buttons to push. Yeah. 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 How to, how to motivate him, how to, how to talk him down. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, they definitely use something logical and, and douse some water on his, his impatience. So to speak. Ha! Yeah. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's let's go on. The psalm for year C, Ordinary 28, is Psalm 111, the whole thing, verses 1 through 10. It is a psalm of praise, and basically it's just a whole pile of praise. It's uh, uh, praise the Lord, I'll give thanks with my whole heart, and then uh, about eight reasons why you ought to do that, uh, describing the goodness of the Lord. And the last verse then, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So, uh, looking at this from MathSmart, um, the the last phrase hooked me in with Spock again. There's actually a quote from, from Mr. Spock where he says, logic is the beginning of wisdom, hmm. not its end. But that really doesn't necessarily play into it, unless you're doing a Star Trek theme for the week. Which you seem to be doing. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I think it gives out about here. So anyway. I bet we can uh, chase it all the way through. <laughs> 
For a special effect, sometimes a psalm like this kind of, I don't know, it kind of bounces off as just a pile of words. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And Same word. It's kind of like a 20, uh, what they call it, a 7-Eleven praise song? Seven words, 11 times. Yeah. 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 So they have some different words in here, but the images and things are all fairly similar. Um, So, how about if you graft it Hmm. as a math function or a function of praise? So, I thought of a few different ways. And I didn't do the examples, but uh, maybe if I get a chance, I'll come back around and do that. But um, and, and it's going to be fairly arbitrary how you do this, but um, di- different ways to do it would be, you know, you'd have your, uh, your grid with an X and Y axis, and uh, each of the uh, recommendations to praise, the, the attributes of God that are being praised here would be arbitrary discrete points. So you might you'd end up with like a bar graph, mm-hmm. you know. Praise him for this. Well, that's worth five points, and praise him for that. Well, that's worth two points, you know, and and just like that. So you'd have a bar graph. It doesn't. Eh. It doesn't sing. Not really. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Depending on the height of the graph. Well, yeah, could, uh, yeah. If you uh, do it, assign you could. tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could. Um, but maybe as a step function. Now, step function is one where you have, uh, it's sort of like a bar graph, except that it's a progression and um, the the values increase at at a set amount uh, for your range of X. So I've got a link that describes how how that would work. Um, and so with this, your praise would be increasing by a certain amount with each verse. And so it's step, step, steps, and it looks like a stair steps mm-hmm. going up. So you could do that. And so that you end up with more and more praise as you go along. And maybe another way of doing it would be as a pie chart. And again, this is arbitrarily assigning some value to each of the reasons for praise. But um, it, you'd have, you know, all these different slices of the pie for the different uh, uh, reasons, reasons for praising God. Um, it's arbitrary, but at least it gets you thinking about it in a different way yeah. and, and focusing on, you know, the value of each of these things. Yeah. It's also some eye smart in there too by presenting a graph that people could see. Right, of course. Well, that's kind of cool. I wouldn't have thought of putting a psalm as a pie chart. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, if you're singing you praise be a and thanks, you kind of ha- well, yeah. And if you're singing praise and thanks, you, you can always give praise and thanks for pie. Well, true. So, anyway. Okay, for Body Smart, um, I've got a couple links to a couple different uh, essays at Working Preacher, one by Yolanda Norton and one by Will Gaffney. Yolanda Norton talks about the heart that is, is mentioned in this psalm, that the heart was seen as a host for emotion. Morality, spirituality, determination, and intellect. It was the, 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 the center and the seat of your being. And Will Gaffney's commentary is that the description of God as merciful in verse 4 does not do justice to the underlying Hebrew. The root of the word rachum is the word for womb, rechem. 
It is both the organ and the feeling that emanates from it in the same way that a headache signals a body part and a feeling. So when you talk about mercy, think of it in terms of something that emanates from the uh, life-giving, life-sheltering part of the body. Hmm. And if you are a parent, and particularly if you are a mother, um, I, you know, when those times when I've showed my kids mercy, I didn't necessarily fill it in my uterus, <laughs> but um, I do recall one experience when I was uh, pregnant with Meredith, and I was in a car accident, mm-hmm. and I was driving to work the next day, and I was thinking to myself, "This is the safest this child is ever going to be. Mm. She's in me." Yeah. And I and and she's she's completely surrounded. She's she's cushioned. She's total. I didn't know she was a she at the time. She's totally um, uh, totally cared for. Nutrition, temperature wise, everything that she needs is right there in me. And in a few short, in a couple short months, she's going to be out in the world, and I'm not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> But you did. But I did, yeah. I had no choice. I mean, eventually they come out and Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to live my life now, mom. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm thinking that this particular psalm, uh, specifically for body smart people, would be excellent uh, as a special effect for interpretive dance. Mm. Um, lots of, lots of, oh man, that just, uh, uh, let's see, praise uh, your arms upward, praising the Lord, giving thanks with their whole heart, uh, in the company of the upright, sweeping arms, showing the people there in the congregation, great of the works. Um, one of them that I thought would be really interesting, um, the, verse seven, the works of his hands are faithful and just all his precepts are worthy standing on one foot. Showing that God is balanced, mm. the balance and the the scales, the balanced scales of God's justice, um, it could really be powerful. Uh, and so, if 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 you have people in your congregation that are are good with movement, or who may be dancers, or who would like to give this a shot, it doesn't necessarily have to be interpretive dance. It could simply be interpretive movement, mm-hmm. which is different. Um, mm-hmm but it definitely gives your body smart people, the people who need to be up and about an opportunity to, to give it a shot. All right, let's go on. The second reading or epistle lesson for year C, Ordinary 28, is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Uh, Paul is continuing to write to Timothy and encouraging him to remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David, This is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to the point of being chained like a criminal. goes on to talk about how the word of God is not chained, but he he endures everything for the sake of uh, the elect, uh, so that they may also experience salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, He then goes on to talk uh, about if we've died with him, we'll live with him. If we endure, we also reign. Um, finishes it up at verse 14 is with an admonition to Timothy to remind others about this and that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And um, that really kind of caught my attention because it reminds me of Twitter fights. 
Well, yeah. Or any other kind of online argument that you might get into because words start becoming uh, fought over and and people start scoring points off of one another. Sure. Um, so th- you might illustrate that as a Twitter fight and, and demonstrate it with a special effect if you've got people in your congregation who are particularly limble, l- limber or gymnasts to twist themselves up to demonstrate the effect of a Twitter argument, the end result. Hmm. Uh, verse 9b. Um, let's so body smart part of that would be uh, maybe thinking about the effects in your body. Yes. Of Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then if you have limber people physically demonstrate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in verse 9b, uh, the word of God is not chained. And I thought word of God unchained would be a great name for a praise band. Um, but anyway, uh, the unchained word of God might be like a prisoner who's been released or a dog that is no longer tied up. Uh, one of them is ready to be free and proclaim praise and the other is free to guard territory and do harm to those who will approach with ill intent. Um, so think of it in, in those terms of, you know, bodies being released or the word of God unchained is a treatment uh, regime that will now, that now loosed will help heal someone's ailment like aspirin or chemotherapy or a new diet or yoga. Hmm. Um, for uh, this idea of personifying the unchained word, uh, maybe write a pulpit skit where uh, a, the the prisoner is released or the dog is released and, and what each of them does, especially Release to- the hounds. <laughs> not what you're thinking. Not what I'm thinking at all. Um, but, but what these released things do, especially to people they encounter, it could be done like a person on the street interview. Prisoner could talk about what it's like to be chained up. Um, and is now freed, and the dog could talk about how it's now able to defend a larger territory. Well, I'm thinking of our dog uh, when we, oh, moved, when we here, moved here. Oh, when we moved here, Poor old Dewey, he'd been on a lead for he'd, he'd six did, months. Yeah, six months. The best he had was a 30-foot lead. And uh, we moved here with a couple acres and let him loose in the backyard, and he just shot around the mm-hmm. perimeter at full speed and never seen a dog run like that. It was amazing. Yep. He was so happy. Yes. We pretty much bought this place because of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the kids. But. Well, yeah. Yeah. And now they're almost all gone. Yep. yep. So, looking at it from Math Smart, you could, again, maybe graph this. And I'm looking at verses 11 to 13. It's a uh, yes. series of mm-hmm. if-then statements. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to go at the logic of it is mm-hmm. the if-then. And Paul and uses that a lot. He does. And, and, but, and there's a certain parallelism here uh, with these that, that resonates. There's a, an oddness to the pattern, though. Um, it's negative, positive, negative, positive, negative, negative, uh, negative, positive. So, g- <laughs> it's like it's like ending on a, a minor seventh or something but um oh sorry math smart or uh music smart there that's no, okay music isn't very math smart <laughs> um 
But I couldn't really think of anything else to do with the if-then connections. I, I'm sure there's something, but I, I just didn't come up with it. So I uh, got in. I, I was in the groove with some some graphing and charts. So I thought uh, you could maybe do this as as a uh, a graph of a step function again, uh, except that this time the uh, the if clause of the statement. Uh, would be a negative integer, a negative number. And then the then clause uh, would be the corresponding positive value. Uh So you end up with, um, here, it looks like this. (laughs) Well, you can go (laughs) to the- This is when we need a video blog. Uh, Exactly. Go to the the website and- Yeah, I do have have an example of what this might look like. So you'd have a a, a short- line segment, say at negative one, and then at positive one in the same mm-hmm. space, the mm-hmm. same column, as it were, and then negative two and positive two mm-hmm. and negative three. And the the third one is the one that, that goes out of... Goes out of whack. Goes out of whack. Um, if we deny him, he will, will also not. deny us. Oh, okay. And so maybe you graph that one at zero yeah. instead of the positive. You know, because so, it's like, eh, I got nothing on this one. Sorry. You know, Jesus yeah. saying, but you don't know me. I don't know you. I got nothing. Right. Right. So zero. Uh, so minus three and zero. And then if we are faithless with negative four, he remains faithful. And here you get a not a line segment, but a ray. Yes. So a starting point and an arrow Infinite. to the right. Mm-hmm. right? So um, hopefully that makes some sense, but it'll make more sense if you look at the worksheet and see what I, I did with it. Um, again, it's arbitrary, uh, but it's a way of, of getting at that uh, pattern with, with a different, uh, just a different way of thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on. The Gospel lesson for year C, Ordinary 28, is Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Here Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and going through the region between Samaria and Galilee, so up in the north there, um, and comes into a village and meets ten lepers who ask for mercy. And he says, go show yourself to the priests, which is what you're supposed to do when uh, you get healed from your leprosy. So uh, on their way, they're made clean, and um, nine of them follow directions and continue on, apparently. (laughs) One of them, upon realizing what had happened, comes back and falls at Jesus' feet and gives thanks. Um, And Jesus is like, what happened to the other guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're the Samaritan. The others weren't. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? And so then he says to the man, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So, all right, looking at this from Math Smart, um, the, the one-tenth thing kind of gets stuck in my head here, as uh, you know, you'd expect. So, oh. Uh, this is why you were having so much fun with the word decimate the other night. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and by fun, I mean frustration. Uh, well, you know. So, yeah. So, this is kind of a reverse 
decimation from the original meaning meaning of the word, which is that it was a form of Roman military discipline in which every tenth man in a group was executed. Gosh. <laughs> by, by his cohorts. Randomly. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd just be counting off. And if you're the tenth. Eight, nine, nine. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody count off. <laughs> nine, uh, nine, uh, five. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, if your if your legion or your your company did poorly in battle, you might be yeah. disciplined for yes, it uh, yes. by uh, by killing every tenth guy. Right, yeah. and so this is kind of in reverse uh, that the the one tenth um, comes back and gets a little extra bonus life here, yeah, yeah, as it were. Then coming up with a list of statistics about one tenth maybe would be another way into this, and then compare those different one tenths to the return rate of the healed lepers and whether or not. Yours is a good thing, for example. Mm-hmm. So I came up with uh, some kind of random stuff here. But um, if, if you ever do direct mail mm-hmm. for advertising, like for your church or something, um, they say that if you get a 1% response rate, that's pretty good. Really? Yeah. So if you got one-tenth, wow, that would like, be awesome. Yeah. Right? Um, and then you might remember that Two-tenths of dentists wouldn't recommend Trident for patients who chew gum. <laughs> um, we often buy a thing because the store's offering a 10% discount. It'll make us look anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if, say, you have two stores and one is 10% less, yep. you're going to go with that. Yep. If you're a baseball player and you're hitting one-tenth of the time, um, if your batting average is one-tenth, for example, you probably get benched, traded, or fired. Mm-hmm. If you're a pitcher and your earned run average is one-tenth, uh, you're probably going to get the Cy Young Award for yeah. being the awesome pitcher of the year. Mm-hmm. Paying a tenth of your income in taxes might be good because you might be paying 15 or 30 or whatever else. Um, or it might be bad if you're not making enough that you don't pay any taxes. Uh, and giving one-tenth of your income to the church is, uh, in one sense, it's considered that's the base. That's the least that you should be giving but we know in reality, it's That's, a benchmark for generosity. Uh-huh. So um, those are just some ways that you might play around with the one-tenth and then uh, compare that to the return rate of the lepers. How about the body smart? Well, um, I'm looking at uh, the, the the part where the, the one leper um, – or, or the lepers take off. Uh, so, so they turn and they go to show themselves to the priest, still in an unclean state. Nothing has happened yet. They discover as they have obeyed Jesus that their condition clears up. 
Uh, so we are still mm-hmm. not well when we leave an urgent care or the doctor's office, but if we fill the prescription or go to therapy or do whatever, we're on the path towards health. Mm. So mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, not, uh, the, well, all 10 of them take off being told, obeying the, obeying the doctor. Okay, we'll go to the priest and show ourselves. So, uh, also another another uh, il- illustration. Uh, this comes from reading a uh, an article by Dennis Sanders at the Christian Center. He remarks that there's no region between Samaria and Galilee; it's the border. Mm. Uh, so, how does living on or near a border affect you and affect the way you live? It's a liminal place. Being in two places at one time, it's a threshold. So the lepers themselves live in a liminal place. They are on the same ground as everybody else, but they're living apart. People with chronic or infectious diseases know this place really, really well. Hmm. Uh, so some special effects, one for the, uh, the, the 10 turning off or turning away to, to go um, show themselves and the one turning back, use interpretive movement. Or dance to demonstrate their their cry for help. They call to Jesus. Their obedience may be a little confused at Jesus' instructions, and the one leper's realization that his life has been given back to him. Um, and then a special effect for the idea of living in a liminal place. Um, one's health health often brings one to thresholds. How do you live with crutches for six weeks or longer? How do you live with this new medication I might have to take for the rest of my life? Uh, borrow from self and people smart here and have your congregation think about their own liminal places before and after a diagnosis or a surgery. Hmm. So use their own bodies to think about being on the border and, and experiencing the, the, uh, the reality of the lepers in this story. Cool. You know, I, this isn't either of our smarts, I think, but I, as you were talking, I was wondering how many times anybody comes back to thank a doctor. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for being healed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That, you might ask the medical people in your congregation yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, that's our podcast for today. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart.
dial is not in service at this time. This is a Whippet Good Production.